0: Welcome back to the show I'm Andrew Flowers here with Connor Keen this is our new podcast called this show and we talk about a lot of good stuff what's up Connor
1: how you doing my friend how you doing
0: doing good so this being the first episode I imagine some of the people who are gonna be listening and be like who are these guys and then some people are probably gonna know who we are um, we'll tell a little bit about ourselves uh, I'll get I guess I'll go first um, College student at GCU and studying business management right now. Uh, Ran a digital marketing agency and now have the privilege of running an angel investment group called Canyon Angels in Phoenix. Uh, Super passionate entrepreneur and servant leader, as my LinkedIn says.
1: (laughs) Mm, There you go. There you go. Uh, Basically the same, same agency, same angel investing group, same school, different major. Uh, Finance and economics, pursuing uh, finance if you will There we go
0: fancy way i like of saying it. that man <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking was it yesterday about uh productivity and how that's like a big concern for college students young adults business students <laughs> yeah right we get so much crap being business students it's kind of funny you see all yeah. the online <laughs> you see right you see the memes online and in the, in the videos uh, talking about you know engineering students i know you see on tiktok when I, when i was looking on tiktok was engineering majors and nursing majors and i mean you got all these different you know stem people and then you got business majors just kind of relaxing on the side uh but even during you know times right now with um coronavirus having a lot of impact on productivity you and i saw all these companies facebook twitter um bunch of banks, you know, a lot of these tech-oriented firms switching over to temporary, if not eventually permanent, work-from-home situation. And so I know we were discussing a little bit about productivity, how what we use, uh, the individual things that you and I do to kind of increase our productivity, how we kind of stay on top of stuff uh, and have the kind of approach. Because I was reading something, what was it, the other day talking about the, the ability of now being able to work from home has changed a lot of people's perception on the work-life balance, right? Oh, and yeah, work, work in you. general. Exactly, right? And and something I was reading on LinkedIn was talking about, and I don't remember who it was, but this guy was talking about how he's able now to spend a whole lot of time with his family and with um, with his his friends and people who care about him and he cares about. And he's able to kind of remove himself from micromanaging his team. Yeah. And I found it really interesting because it kind of shifts against the common, even corporate belief, where you see a lot of people like, hey, I need to make sure, and, you know, spending eight hours in meetings. Well, now it's hop on a meeting for 30 minutes in the morning and hop on a meeting for 30 minutes in the evening. And, and all the tasks can be completed through then and that mm-hmm. sort of thing.
1: I think that raises an, an interesting question. Obviously, I wrote down just like being productive in Corona times, if you will, right? And and how does that affect things moving forward? Does that really change things? I know, like you said, Facebook is talking about moving a large chunk of their employees and just keeping them at home. Does that bring down, I mean, that that's... They lose buildings at that point. They don't need as much land. They don't need massive facilities to house these people. What does that do? What effect does that have on people? I can only, I mean, it kind of changes the world if you ask me. <laughs> it at least changes yeah. people's outlook. It changes their view. It says, and for our generation specifically coming up, like, oh, we don't have to go into an office for eight hours a day. I can just work from my computer like I'm doing right now. Hmm.
0: Exactly. And, I, you know, I found that really interesting, especially with talking with a lot of our our colleagues that are attending school out of school that we kind of work with uh, and seeing how they deal with productivity. I thought was really interesting. Um, There's a lot of things out there from, you know, my favorite minimalists, you know, my minimalists uh, and their different techniques for, for doing productivity. There's things like block scheduling, all these sorts of stuff. And I think, I guess what I really wanted to pinpoint is the key some of the key areas that college students as entrepreneurs can be productive, have a a good work-life balance, and then be also able to be very intentional with their time. Because something Mm -hmm. at least me personally, and I imagine you as well have realized at at such a young age and it's benefited us of course, is that we need to be intentional with our time. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. um, or we should be intentional with our time rather because if we're not, then we end up losing all this time, especially at a young age. It's important. We can take investing, for example, at least I've done is I look at these investing and value and it's like, money. Exactly right. We, it's at least I think of time, like a essentially like compounding interest. The sooner that you're intentional with your time, the greater benefits and rewards, the, the higher value. It's going to produce an offset, right? So if you're 21, you start investing now you're going to be able to become a, you know, I'm going to have a million dollars in an SDG of uh, annualized return at 8%, all that stuff. But at a, at a, at a much younger standpoint than you would if you waited until you were 31.
1: Yeah. I love that, that, uh, that analogy. That's fantastic. It's a great way to look at it, especially with your time. And I think it, it shows you the value of your time. And I think another thing, as you start to use your time intentionally, you start to see that compounding kind of comes to life, right? Whether that's in the people you're hanging out with, or this is the things you're accomplishing. I think that's that's a great analogy. But with that, um, let's talk about our days. How do we organize our days? How do you organize your day? Where do you where do you begin? I know we we kind of have different strategies. I know we've met a lot of people who do different things. Um, you just brought up some minimalist stuff, but how do you? Yeah. Go so
0: about personally, your day? so personally, what I do is. And of course, it kind of changes with the, the different schedules, right? One, the, the one thing that stays the same though, right, is scheduling my time into an app. So not even necessarily time, should I say, scheduling tasks. So I kind of align a little bit differently than I know you do where you would schedule a lot of time. I don't necessarily block time off to do specific tasks because being a creative type of guy and being, you know, I like to do a lot of things on, on a whim, which can be good or bad, Um, I really I just like to give myself the tasks that I need to complete so personally I've experimented using some different task keeping apps Um, there's an app called minimal list uh, from the App Store it's really interesting it's good app Uh, it didn't really fit with I mean it was a little too minimalist for me to be quite honest with you I've had experience with Google tasks and that's you know that's okay of course you can get it on whatever but I'm kind of in the Apple ecosystem so I decided to go with reminders, the, the Apple mm. iOS native app, and it's done really well for me. But all I do is I set the tasks for the day. I'll set the due dates. So I've got due dates for projects that are two days or three days or four days away. I'm not trying to schedule too far out. Um, yeah. then of course, you know, every day I wake up to those and I'll set them the night before. That's the thing I do. And I kind of started that because I watched a Patrick Bit David interview. Um, or, or it was a video from his company, Valuetainment. He was talking about scheduling and what he does each day of the week, what he does Sunday nights and, and all this creative stuff. But every day, you know, I'll wake up. And, of course, I don't have a hard wake-up time right now, to be quite honest with you, because – I don't think any of us do. Well, exactly, because the tasks are so kind of fluid. And some days I – you know, right now it's I'm not having to get up and go to the office or go do this or go do this. You know, you got me kind of in this middle buffer of the day. And that's buffered mm-hmm. by usually three to four hours on each side from the end of the day. So some days I'll wake up at six. Cause I've got, you know, we've got Bible study on Mondays at six mm-hmm. fifteen AM bright and near dark. Should I say dark and early? And then, <laughs> then we've got meetings, you know, we have Canyon angels meeting and a few other different things throughout the day. And then, mm-hmm. you know, that evening tends to be a little bit earlier evening than I can kind of shut down and, and give myself some personal time. But then some days say, Thursdays or Fridays, you know, I'll sleep in till say seven thirty or eight and put myself in a position where, okay, I've got, you know, I've just got tasks that I need to get done. No, no meetings, no calls, nothing that's urgent on my calendar. So I'm going to go ahead and, and push those into later in the day. Cause me personally, I'm a night owl by, by nature. You know, <laughs> yes. if I had a choice between going to bed and getting up early, it's going to be getting up uh, a little bit later to stay up later. Uh, so I end up being really productive later at night. Now, the big thing that I try to do, and these are the, the two things. Number one, like I mentioned, having my list of tasks, they're not scheduled. They're not going to, each one of them is not going to take 30 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Those are t- things I can't schedule out because sometimes they're building websites or building integrations, automations for Canyon angels, or it's, you know, taking sales calls or whatever, like those tasks. Right. That I can't schedule those as a time block. Mm-hmm. And then I have my things that I can schedule out, you know? So for example, if I have meetings for candidates, at a specific time, that'll be on my Google calendar. That's what I use. I don't use the Apple calendar. Uh, the Google calendar kind of corresponds with, with all of my different things. I know when people usually cause I have a Gmail account and people send my calendar invites, bam, just right to my Google calendar and that's all synced up there. Um, But that's kind of the two things I do. You know, I have that that kind of overview calendar if people want to actually book the legitimate time and then I give myself personal tasks that I got to get done before, um, you know, 12 a.m. the next day. How about you?
1: Uh, Definitely different. And I know we've talked about this multiple times in the past. I've done a lot of different things over probably the last, like, four to five years. I've been on every app you can imagine for tasks and calendars and all that kind of stuff, right? So... I've been everywhere. I've kind of used all the different ones. And honestly, I have ended up uh, every time back on the good old trusty Apple (laughs) native calendar that is on your phone. Uh, I just recently synced it with my Google Calendar because I know I have a lot of meetings that go through there. So those sync and I get to see those and that's that's fantastic. But for me, I just, there's kind of two things. So like I said, I've tried all the lists, the tasks, the reminders, all that kind of stuff if I really have a list of things I want to get done, I'll grab a piece of paper, I'll write them down one at a time and I'll cross them out throughout the day. And I find that visually like having it and holding it is more effective for me to actually complete them. Like I had Google tasks for a while and then I kind of forgot that I had it and I wouldn't see it and I wouldn't click into it and you know, and then I got 20 tasks backed up. And so a lot of what I do, um, take for example, so like meetings, obviously you put those on calendar, uh, but other than that, like if I have like classwork, like if I have homework, right, I'll tell myself I'm going to do an hour and a half's worth of homework in this slot of my day. And that's what it's going to be. And I'm going to sit down, I'm going to work for that. And we get up and I'm not going to look at it again. Right. So I think the difference is a lot of what I'm doing is not like the creative doesn't really have an end to it. Um, a lot of what I'm doing can, can fit into a specific time period, you know, and oh, okay, I can get that done in 35 minutes. I can get that done in an hour, that kind of stuff. So I think that's probably why that's more effective for me. Um, Also, I think my day is kind of dependent on where I'm at. I think you would agree with that. I know when we were back in Arizona with the office and, you know, the gyms all around there and stuff, like it was a very consistent schedule. Every single day it was get up, do this, go to the office, and then we have all our tasks for the day. Definitely different here. Um, I was going to ask you, do you have anything that you do or at least that you did when you were on more of a set schedule, like every single day, like wake up, have to do this every single day. Besides drink coffee.
0: <laughs> I was going to say drink, drink coffee and <laughs> go to the bathroom. That's, that's too that's consistent. Thing. Now uh, I do drink coffee. And matter of fact, I do go to the bathroom even, even without a consistent schedule. Um, you know, and to be honest, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I think uh, the one thing uh, that has been a challenge not in the sense that it's not being done but you have to be creative is especially mm. during quarantine when that was really in effect right I know gyms are opening and businesses are opening but was staying fit or staying yep. getting a workout and if you got, I mean I have never seen more people out walking their dogs I'm like where are all these people I didn't even know I had neighbors like you just had all <laughs> right. these I thought that these houses existed and there was like nobody <laughs> No, I mean, you could go out any amount of the time. And that was, of course, when it was a little bit cooler. Now it's, you know, June 6th today, I think. Um, and the weather's getting toasty here in Central California. It's, you know, we've hit a few triple digit days and we're up just chilling in the 90s right now. So it's a little warm. People aren't kind of going out. So you're seeing a lot of people early morning, late night. I tend to be a little yeah. more late night guy because I like to, you know, go out. And this is something that I did back in college when we were on a little bit more consistent schedule was I would, you know, we'd get done with stuff at the office and usually leave and be anywhere between hours of 6 PM and 8 (laughs) PM and then would head home and then just take off clothes, pop right in the gym, clothes, and head to the gym. Now it's like, okay, I lunchtime, maybe I'll go get a, a 45 minute workout in and, you know, and that's really a lot of calisthenic stuff. And then from there, later in the evening, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and because thing is, I'm not taking any calls on some days, so I can fit in a workout in the middle. I'm already wearing a tank top and shorts. I'm just grooving on my computer. You know, I don't have to. I don't have to. And even if you know the calls, people kind of understand, especially um, when you're. You know, the the kind of culture you and I are trying to create with Canyon Angels is very. um, Although we did, you know, a lot of people they always saw us in dress clothes. And you know, people were always like, Hey, like, man, I like, did you see you guys in casual clothes? It's like, Yeah, it's a Saturday night. <laughs> right? No. The kind of culture I think you and I are trying to create, maybe it's because of our personalities, is we're trying to create this very casual yet professional culture. Like like you know when when there's times to be casual when you're talking on the team meetings. I'm not trying to front anything, right? I feel like that's a problem with a lot of corp, you know, corporate comp you know, these organizations is it's very like I need to, because my, my team is so, um, you know, they're in these positions and I'm paying them this much. I have a responsibility to, to, to prepare myself. That's why you see that, like on the news, you see the guys wearing suit jackets and shorts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everybody's trying to front for a professional thing. I think with a lot of younger companies, Gen Z, you know, we're just trying to be a little more true to ourselves. So yeah. I'm like, let me, let me pump out that workout in the middle of the day, get back to grooving, hop on a Zoom call, like it is what it is, right? And then get a a run in later at night. That's the only thing, to be be quite honest. How about you?
1: So, uh, yeah, so I'm a big, I'm big on, you know, consistently doing things. And I feel like with things, for me at least, with things like working out, reading books, uh, reading the Bible, and, and just various things like that, if I can keep it on a consistent schedule, I'm more productive. So I feel like the days where uh and and when we were back in arizona it was easier i had the the first and you probably noticed it's the first 45 minutes to an hour of my day were basically the same every single day it was go pick up a book do this you know it's very structured and set in stone um i i feel like that allows me to be more productive throughout my day it's like i start my day accomplishing things and i'm kind of on a roll after that but you you brought up a good point there i was just thinking about um you know, the way that we the way that we're operating Canyon Angels, being productive as a team, how does that come into play? How do you, you know, can you implement team activities that make you more productive as a team? Does it, you know, does it change project to project, how much you're working together? I know right now we're working with everybody on our team one-on-one together in separate meetings and meetings with, you know, the board, whatever it be. There's, there's a lot going on. How do you stay productive with a team and, and,
0: do you have any insight on that yourself? I think the one thing we try to implement uh, is a lot of communication. Not in the sense that you and I are trying to, to micromanage people, because I honestly think that's the last thing that you and I would want to do. Uh, we both, I, you know, I trust our team. I think you do as well. We put some 100%. Really competent people in there. But the thing that I try to do and, and um, from the past few organizations that I've been a part of is realize, you know, there's, if no action's being taken, people drift so fast. I mean, if there's no, that's why, and this kind of spins into the next thing that, that I think is really important with especially young individuals, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, business, conscious minded people is being intentional, mm. being intentional in the respect of whether that's your finances, whether that's your schedule, your productivity, your work. And in our case, our relationships with people, right? Mm-hmm. Our team, great people, they each have responsibilities. And as the leaders of the organization, we try to be intentional with communicating with them. So that's why we have one-on-one meeting with them. That's all not in a sense to kind of keep them accountable. Of course, that goes into part of it is keeping ourselves accountable and them accountable, but so we can continue to show that we're intentional because people, they always look up to a leader, right? It was in a book, um, you know. I think it was it was Great Leaders or, or some some book I was reading. We'll definitely put it in the description of this podcast. Uh, but it was talking. This book was talking about. Um, I think it was by John Maxwell. It was it was you know, ten steps to being a great leader, something like that. It was talking about being intentional that your like the people on your team will look up to the leader and kind of not not like idolize but emulate certain activities, right? I know I've done this in myself looking up to some of the mentors we have, right? Is like going to pick up habits, you know, yeah. whether they're conscious or subconscious, that's you start to, bad or good, right? Like we start to emulate the people we look up to. And so I, figure, yeah. I feel like, and, I'm, and that's not saying anything in terms of like these people look up to me because, you know, I'm in no less of a, of a you know, in any like level of standing, but it's just, I've been placed in a leadership role. And I want to put just good activities in place, good, good, um, you know, different characteristics in place habits so that, yeah, I think emulate what we do, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say the, the big thing is, is setting that example. Right. And, and I think it comes from not, you know, when you talk about micromanaging, I feel like that's telling everybody what to do or how to be, as opposed to you being that and then them emulating you and, and then following that. Uh, I love that leading by example. Um, Team building, obviously, I think is important, and making sure that your team is comfortable around each other. I don't know. Have you looked up the uh, what was it Google's Aristotle project? I think it was. I, I remember I learned this in one of the one of the classes actually at TCU. But it's um it was this huge project that they did, trying to find out what groups were most productive, and what groups got the most things done. And and when you think of like okay, especially with people at Google or whatever it might be what groups are going to be the most productive it's gonna be the ones who have the best team members right who were funded the best Who were whatever it was right And, and long story short they found that the most productive teams were the teams where everybody on there felt comfortable stating their own opinion basically it was like if everybody felt that they had had put their word in and that people actually listened to them they worked the best together so i think that's just an interesting piece to throw into the conversation when you talk about, uh, productivity as a team.
0: Definitely. And I would have, have yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Right. And I think it's responsibility of every organization to kind of get to a point where your team members feel as though they have a voice and that's not in the sense of saying everyone's got a huge ego, mm-hmm. but it's in the sense of right of saying that there's, there's equal voices at the table. And I yeah. think that you, you want to be in a position where everyone has a valid voice no matter what it's going to be, right? Some people oppose certain things. Some people are for certain things. But I think it's the fact of having that almost democracy in an organization where you can have shared opinions because good advice. I mean, there's, you know, people on our team have recommended stuff to us that you and I would have never thought of. And now, you know, it's how the organization move forward. It's kind of an us, not me kind of scenario. We, not me. Exactly.
1: Yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, switching off of teams, I want to go back. You brought up financial being, you know, like intentional with your financials. I think that's an issue that a lot of people our age struggle with. Mm-hmm. I know it's something that I've taken a very deep dive into. I think you have as well. And a lot of people we surround ourselves with, but give me some, give me some opinion on that. How do you think, you know, kids our age spend their money? Do they do it well? Do they do it not so well?
0: <laughs> yeah, no. What do you well, do you I, to change that? Of course. So I think, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of BS out there about financial stuff to be quite honest with you. There's a lot of, I can understand it's a very confusing market, right. And, uh, people want to get financial information from people they trust. Um, I know you've done a lot of research. I've done a lot of research. We've taught I me and we were just talking about banks the other day, right? Like, you know, you know, I mean, we could go on and on, on for hours and hours about financial, uh, you know, well-being, but it's about financial intentionalism. I don't even know if that's a term yet, but I just coined it. So, financial intentionalism. Yours. <laughs> Consider it the the mindset and the the habits of being thoughtful and purposeful where you're directing your money. The one thing that I've struggled with seeing, and and even from a personal perspective, I struggle with finances through high school. Not in the sense I was broke or anything, but really trying to focus on what am I doing with this money? Is it just sitting in a checking account? Number one, do I have some source of income? And number two, and am I creating a budget that revolves around that stream of income? Cause I think the big thing with, and being a college, I realize this, there are people around us who think that having a dollar in their checking account is a good thing. And it really, it really, right. That's it really worries me. It really worries me because I'm thinking to myself, we have a dollar in your checking account what's going to happen when you have a hundred dollars a thousand dollars ten thousand dollars in your checking account are you going to think that that's fine to go ahead and bring that down to one dollar that's
1: and that's the thing it's like for some people at least that i know personally it's like the money hits the account and it's meant to be spent right and and that that always gets me i think it's a i think it's a warren buffett quote or something like that but it's like uh Oh, what's the quote it's It's about saving first. it's spending what yet sort of is spend what's left after saving. don't save what's left after spending right
0: And 100%. so it's that idea
1: of you bring it in and you have a budget and you are intentional about where it goes. you know this is going to go into investments or it's going to go sit somewhere and will later go into investments so you think and I think's not enough whatever it might be
0: yeah, and I would have to'd have to on that I'd say when we talk about financial intentionalism and we're always like and you got to invest or you got to like this or you got like that it's it's not you know it's investing is not this con- complicated thing right it's very simple you can you can break it down to levels at which anybody can understand yep. like absolutely anybody can understand what a roth ira is a retirement account that gains a lot of interest you pay taxes now and you don't pay taxes later and you park it that's it that's what a essentially what a roth ira is of course there's a little more nuance to it but that's frankly, what it is, to be honest, of course, I'm not a financial advisor, but that's, that's what, what it is when someone says, you, you know, in term of investing, No, it's always not just giving my money to random companies, putting it in the stock market. But I think coming back to the big point, being intentional with finances, be conscious. Don't look as, as uh, the author of the book, I'll teach you to be rich, uh, uh, Ramit Sethi about how to Basically, manage your finances in a way that you're being conscious of your spending. Spend passion on the things that you love and, and be very frugal on the things that you don't absolutely love. It's a, great, it's, an, it's a great concept. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, it's something that a lot of uh, college students should definitely look into. Definitely check out the book, uh, Ramit Sethi, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. It's great. a great little knowledge bomb right guess- there
1: my my big thing with it is especially in today's world with all the technologies that's out there for even something as simple as you know saving or investing or anything you want is is literally at your fingertips i'm looking at my computer right now and i could find enough information on two pages of google to know anything i needed to know about personal finances as a 20-year-old kid right so i just feel like there's no excuse to not know this stuff i know some people like oh it's just not really my realm Oh, I don't really understand that finance stuff, but I mean, I, it's going to be a part of your life for your entire life. You know, why,
0: mm-hmm. why not
1: dive even a little bit into it and have that grasp of at least the basics. Cause then I, I personally always think about debt and, and college debt and the way that some students look at debt, like it's just, it's nothing that you have $45,000 in debt that you have to pay back. Of course. Right. You know, and it's not just this
0: number that's going to go away. Uh, And I think, I think, you know, the, the best thing that I could tell anybody and this isn't like a a I've done it even successfully. It's just be intentional with finances, be intentional with time, be intentional. I mean, be intentional with relationships, the Mm. friends that you'll have, invest in those relationships. If you don't say hi to the people that you, that you care about every once so often, or, you know, you don't invest in a relationship you're not going to have a relationship to be, to be honest. Um, and I think that's something that, especially with, you know, some of the people that we know in college is that we, we don't see a lot of people even today in society, not being intentional with, with their actions. If you say you're going to do something, do it. It doesn't matter what it's in, if it's in finance, if it's personal goal, if you set a goal for yourself, be intentional about achieving the goal, you know, uh, words, what do they say? Words are cheap and actions are, are expensive. You know, (laughs) like I would, I would have to say that that's exactly right. Being intentional, being productive, intentional with productivity, uh, it kind of goes into the next thing, talking about different ways of being productive, not in the sense of organizing time as, as, as a specific kind of step, but being productive overall in college, what, what have you done that's that's helped you to be productive both in your tasks and starting a business, running Canyon Angels? How are you able to manage all this stuff and classes and a social life? Um, how are you even productive with such a large workload of of stuff happening on you know every day, every week? You know, I, I ask myself that
1: question all the time. I don't really know. No. Uh, I, you know, I think a lot of it goes down to a couple of things. First off, I, I'm kind of a wanderer. Like, if I, I think that's why I like using that calendar. Because if I don't use that calendar, I kind of just go everywhere. I'll just kind of float. You know what I mean? And I won't have set things to accomplish. Um, so I love accomplishing things, but I think it's it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. It's like, yes, I want to accomplish things so bad, more than a lot of people. But if I don't accomplish it, I don't kill myself, right? I'm not devastated. I don't take it as this horrible thing. I learn. I take what I can from whatever I did and I move on to the next thing, right? And so I think that's helped me to be productive because I don't get caught up on the last thing that I did or didn't do, right? Whatever it might be. Um, I think I could also dive into, you know, a bit of a conversation about how do you define productivity? How do you define success for yourself? And I know at least when you're young, it's easy to look up at people and be like, oh my gosh, you know, success in business, for example, success is that $100 million exit. Success is that, massive company success or whatever it is and i think really toning that down and and bringing it down to the basics of how do you define like what's a successful day for you and and it's different for everybody and i could <laughs> i could dive in for the next hour and a half on what it means to me but understanding that that definition of success for yourself right because if you don't understand that then you're going to be heartbroken every time you don't finish something and and that doesn't lead to productivity um Another thing too that I was thinking of, how do you, oh, finding like a purpose, knowing knowing your purpose behind things. That's a big thing for me with productivity is understanding why I'm actually doing something. And I don't think a lot of, at least lot of the kids our age don't think that way. I mean, you probably think that way too. You Have you found that, you know, having a purpose and understanding what your reasoning for actually doing something is, has helped you be yeah. more
0: productive? I Yeah, I would say definitely. Um, I mean, look at us, our sophomore year, we ran... Uh, idea club, which was, a you know, was essentially a club helping student entrepreneurs get connected with the right people, get the right ideas for business plan, game plan, and get, you know, seed capital, start strategies and get, you know, build their business. Of course we didn't, there was no, I mean, you couldn't have pitched that to anybody and said, Hey, this is, you'll get personal benefit out of this.
1: Yeah.
0: The, the, the benefit was non-monetary was non-tangible, right? Yeah we built relationships with some great people. And and now those guys are, we're assets to them just as much as they are assets to us. If you know, I think you would agree with saying that. And the thing that I think purpose really helps to guide uh, the actions that we take every day. Um, And of course I know a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs, some that I even know personally will kind of give these, uh, you know, really kind of spiritual, really fluffy kind of conversations about, uh, you know, it's about mindset and it's about, you know, this or that These very like complex, soft terms that you can define everything that are very vague, but at some level, some of that's true, right? Like your purpose, if you can't identify what your purpose is, as are you trying to, uh, are you trying to help kids in some cases learn algebra? Yeah. That's a company that I know we have involved in, um, Canyon ventures that we've kind of start to see the development of is a company and they're working to help kids learn algebra and the kids who are struggling who want to get ahead, learn algebra through an online machine learning program. Do you want to help? Uh, do you want to learn to become a sales professional, like a sale at the most elite level sales professional, helping people solve problems in their lives? That's another company that you and I have saw the rise of. I mean, we see all of these entrepreneurs who have found their purpose and the one common denominator for all of them is they're happy and that they're successful. So I think there's a definite correlation there if you're saying, you know, find your purpose, find your purpose. Well, yeah, if you find your purpose, you're going to see some level of success in your life. You're going to to achieve some, you're going to find some level of satisfaction in what it is that you do if you find your purpose. Otherwise, you're just sitting, you know, doing it in the worst- Exactly. Right. You, you don't want to live your life wandering. I see so many people on LinkedIn when coronavirus attacked and I saw these people on LinkedIn, like, Hey, I'm looking for new opportunities, trying to change up my industry. You know, I'm leaving this, you know, this market or this market. I'm like, you know, you may have thought that you had your purpose, but is it something that you could love doing even if you weren't getting paid? Yeah. I think it's something to to really identify.
1: And I think, it's just taking that, that topic of purpose and reasoning and why I think that applies to anything. And we were talking about relationships earlier, you know, understanding your purpose in a relationship, even whether that's a friendship, a business acquaintance, whatever it might be, what is the purpose? What is the reasoning and what is the why? And, and being very clear on that so that you can guide conversation in the right direction. And well,
0: you know, I think the one, the one or even two examples of that one example is yeah. with, a lot of the kind uh you know, the culture of people dating without a purpose. Yeah, that's just an that's example. That's, that's what not, came you know, to my mind. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I'm thinking, I'm not trying to, you know, of course, I understand it's a touchy subject, but I think it's something that you know, as as entrepreneurs, you and I kind of see this in the business mindset as being intentional. Yeah. I you know, personally firsthand, I've seen the results of non-intentional relationships, and nine nine ninety-nine percent of the time people get hurt one way or another. Yeah, I think it's the same thing with business relationships, with friendships, if you're not being intentional with, I want to be your friend, I want to show up at your wedding type deal, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or, you know, it doesn't have to go that far, but you get what I'm saying with, with being intentional, I want to be your friend or, you know, Hey, I really feel like this business is a fit for me and I want to contribute, you know, being intentional. I'm not, you know, I'm not just going to float in on the wind through little, the little male slap on your door, on your front door, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, or I'm not just going to pass by. I'm not a tourist. I know yeah. Corey Frank, he uses that term a lot when referring to sales tourists. These yeah. are the individuals who just will come by and say, you know, Hey, I do sales and I, you know, it's kind of a, it's a hobby even. And there's not any desire, any feeling of purpose, any, any sense yeah. we we'll want to you know, dominate the market as he says. I think it's yeah. true in almost everything in life. Are you going to be a tourist in what it is yeah. that you're doing or are you going to be intentional and try to really find a purpose in what it is that you're doing?
1: Yeah, and I, I love just how that kind of wraps back around with just being organized in your day. Like, you know, how can you be productive? Honestly, I think of I'm thinking back on my experiences personally, how am I productive? I know why I get up every single day, right? There's, there's no question of, even when my alarm goes off at five in the morning, and I have no desire to get up, no burning desire inside of me. Oh yeah, I want to wake up right now. I got four and a half hours of sleep, and I got meetings and all this other stuff today. I know why, right? And, it, and there is, isn't, it's so cliche, and it's all cheesy and all this stuff. I know, but I think when you really find a purpose and a reason to get up and push yourself every day and learn and grow, that's when you're, you know, you're really going to be productive. Definitely. You'll so find I a guess, way to organize it,
0: right? 100%. I I would say the the big thing I'll give an example, right? I know there's a lot probably, you know, at least I was like this, you know, even last summer maybe you experienced this. I was like, man, really what is my purpose? Like I'm, I'm what is I'm in a situation where I have all of these unique opportunities or uh, you know, I have these different things that I can explore. What is the purpose that I have? The, the purpose that I've kind of defined for myself has been uh, and it's kind of you know it's multi-step, right? It's not just like one thing. Like I am, I to have it, yeah. a purpose in life to do this. It's you know mine, at least for me, is I ha- I feel called to do business development, for example, and work with um, individuals on you know from a sales level or revenue generation perspective, business development perspective, right? And that's that's just me in my case. And then you know I also feel feel a purpose to help entrepreneurs or help individuals. Uh, that's why, you know, we run Canyon Angels. That's why I'm involved in Canyon Angels. Cause I feel I want to help college students meet the mentors. I know that's why I try to introduce everybody to everybody that I know. I just feel kind of, uh, compelled. I feel like I have the purpose to introduce people, right? I feel like everything happens for a reason. I'm in a yeah. position and I have a desire to make people connect and, and create relationships, that sort of thing. But that's an example, I think, cause a lot of maybe the people who are listening to this right now They might be thinking well what is a purpose look like what is a purpose look like i think you'll kind of find it um, on the way you just got to be you just got to be open to new opportunities and think really what are things i enjoy how do those play into the circumstances that surround me and how do i kind of identify what i feel uh you know is my calling to do in life
1: so there's this uh i don't know you call him like a, a mind coach or a neurologist i don't know what he is specifically um jim quick is his name i don't even heard of jim quick before he's worked with a bunch of people tony robbins he did a bunch of stuff with tony robbins for quite some time and a much other uh really big names but he has this he got a couple things number one it's 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 this idea of the power of questions right and understanding that the questions that you ask yourself day in and day out are what shape your life right And and it's it's interesting and this is people out there who don't know if they have a purpose right or they don't really understand why they do what they do and all that kind of stuff. Take a minute, take a deep dive, ask some close friends, some family members, some people you trust. And I think Jim Quick might even have some sort of activity that he does with his clients that you could look up. uh, Quick spelled K-W-I-K. But it's called the dominant question. And basically finding what is your dominant question. Everybody has this dominant question that we are asking ourselves subconsciously in basically any situation that that we come to right? And when you can really grasp what that dominant question is, right? What are you asking yourself every time you get in a situation? And I think he uses the example of Will Smith. He, he was doing work with Will Smith uh, on a movie set when Will was pretty pretty young. And Will's dominant question was something like, how can I make this, like, how can I make this moment more special? How can I make this moment happier and better for everybody else that's around me, right? And, and you see him, and he's he's vibrant, and he's out there, and he's energetic, and he just seems like He's smiling and happy all the time right because he's constantly asking himself how can i make this moment brighter for everybody else right and that probably isn't going to be yours right yours could be something totally different but do that deep dive and try to understand what are you asking yourself consistently right like what what is that question that's always going through your mind of whenever you get in any situation i just think it's a very interesting idea
0: yeah it's like something uh josh denny talks about that he's like you know And this was when a conversation I had with him a while back, but he was talking, he's like, you know, the moment that you tell yourself that you can't do something, your brain kind of shuts off from trying to figure out ways. But the moment that you ask yourself, instead of saying, I can't afford this, you say, how can I afford it? And, you know, our minds are created in a way that we can start to, you know, our brains will start to look for, for ways to make our outcome. Uh, reality, right? Like the universe yep. itself will conspire to help you be successful and succeed. It moves out of your way when you walk. <laughs> exactly, you exactly right? Walk. You know, and I, I believe that hundred percent. You know, whether it's that's a religious thing or just a kind of a societal thing, right? Yeah, I think, I yeah. feel that um, if you really are intentional with actions, whether they're good or bad, so I think being intentional with the right things, being purposeful with the relationships that you build. Um, and be, you know, being intentional across the board, I think is something, um, that could really help a lot of people, uh, you know, build new circumstances around their lives. Yeah.
1: And I think an important just point to kind of wrap up with, as we uh, move out of this is that productive looks different for a lot of people, right? I know people who work 14 to 16 hour days and they're incredibly productive and they get a lot done. I also know people who stare at a computer screen for four hours a day and, they're very productive too, right? So understand what that stuff means to you, find your dominant question, you know, ask yourself, how can I do these things? How can I accomplish these things? Don't close your mind off. And um, I think you'll find your productivity.
0: (laughs) Definitely. So as, yeah, like you said, as we're wrapping this up, this is the first episode of the show podcast that we decided to start. I know we've been kind of planning this and and talking over it for a while and I'm super excited to kind of get this out there for people to hear. Um, our unfiltered conversations, yeah. uh, I know there's been times to be quite honest with you that we've sat in our office and we've just been thinking like, what do we just stuck a camera in the corner, of right, uh, right of the room and, and just kind of went with it. Um, and so that's kind of what we decided to do. We wanted to put together our conversations about random topics, um, you know, that of course have a purpose. And so, um, just wanted to invite, if you're listening to this make sure just if you want to, you know, hop on, have a conversation about certain things, you want Connor and I to give us, you know, give you our like one cent about it. We're more than happy to, to do so. Um, we're going to plan to have some guests on here, really exciting stuff. Uh, not so much interview style, but, but really kind of conversationally based and talking about yeah. things that actually matter, things that people care about. Um, and so, uh, if you are wanting to hop on, just go ahead and shoot one of us a message. We're pretty much everywhere on any platform at any time, um, <laughs> you know, so feel free to pop in there. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Connor, do you have any other kind of signing off little bumper sticker? No, comments? I,
1: I don't think so. Um, just one last time. Welcome to the show and we hope to see you next time.
0: <laughs> All right, Connor. Thanks. Thank you.